Hey everybody, welcome to the Table Podcast. Now we're starting here. Oh, oh, no, I now see. This starts. Now this starts. My name is Luke. Pastor Crane. Lene. I was going to, um, sorry. Oh, Tyler, Lene. Tyler. Oh, you're Tyler. I'm Tyler Lene. Lene. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> it's His like my first name <laughs> It is true. <laughs> so for those of you who can't see, we have Tyler joining us for his Hi. first time on the Table Podcast. <laughs> I'm praying for your blindness. So those of you who can't see it. We're talking about the podcast. Oh, I see, I see. If yes. you know what the, the fourth voice was. It's mm. literally only been like a month since you did this. <laughs> I'm totally out of the groove. I'm totally out of the groove. Were you in the groove before, though? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. We're kinda, all sweating here on the table. I know. It's so hot. It's, it is hot. Y'all don't like doing it down in the, in the thing? Why'd y'all well, change it? People start coming in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's that's unfortunate. So we have to be up here in the international studio. <laughs> wow. Mm. I love this. <laughs> this is the, our our library. No, this is the international studio. The that's international just our uh, backdrop. This those is, are, those are actually are, fake. Yeah, yeah these are little books. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Left Behind series at? Oh, they're over. Oh, there. I'm sure it's over here. Somewhere. There's the Left Behind series and the Left Behind series for kids. Oh. oh, I didn't know just that. Just less heads getting chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> and more teenagers experiencing mm-hmm. the end times. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this that? <laughs> Thank really you, Kathy. Is. Is. Kathy right says, here. Pastor has his hands full. And, and all, the left, all the Left Behind books were pre-trib, so they made a huge statement. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the theology, even though I think, it, didn't they take place after the... Yeah, you know, it's after... Because the, the people that left behind. Left behind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. I'm mid-trib. I don't know. I don't... I mean... I'm post-trib. I'm like, let's do it. Let's I don't know. Let's go through it all. I think I, okay. I definitely fall into one of those categories, with, I'm sure, with a lot of pastors, where it's like, I know what I'm supposed to say, like, he's like what our denomination aligns with, but for me personally, I've never really studied it, so, like, I'm pre-trib. <laughs> I'm hoping for that one. That's your default That's position. my default, yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping yeah. that's... I don't know. It's cross. Yeah. I just I I just read through um, Revelation like last month. Did you listen to Upper Rooms study mm-hmm. on Revel? Whoa. Yeah, it's been really Whoa. good. It's been yeah, really, been, this past Sunday was fire. I haven't listened to this past Sunday. I've been listening to it the last couple months Wait or last couple weeks, but um, but yeah. So I just read through it, and I don't know how any like I I'm still as, I'm not as confused, but like I I couldn't tell you. Which one it's gonna happen? It's like uh, it's it's a shot in the dark, to be honest. Um, and I don't know. I get I get I get sort of like, and I, I sh- I'll shoot this to pastor a little bit. Sometimes when 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 theologians or pastors or whatever like are like, this is what it says. This is what Revelation, and they have all these like charts and graphs and all this sort of stuff. And you read back into Daniel and all this, and like I don't know. And they they are rock steady like. I get sort of suspicious. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can you know? That book is so out there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're part of the problem. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. So, like, I think some of it is, I don't know. That book is, it's amazing. But as far as, like, to knowing, like, when this is going to happen or, or when it's going to be, I think I wish I would, here's, here's what I'm trying to say. I wish I would see from more theologians kind of like, this is what I think it is. But to be honest, I don't really know. Yeah. You're I don't not, know, maybe. but you're not gonna sell a book like that. Mm-mm. Well, and that's that's part of the problem. Yeah, you're you're not you're yeah. not. If, if I say, well, this could be right, but buy the book and see whatever you think. Yeah, you this, this is my shot at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think there's that, and then I think you know because it is futuristic. I mean, yeah. uh, the the Bible even indicates that the prophets had no idea what they were prophesying about with, yeah. with right. Jesus. So yeah. it, I think there there's that level of it, 
and uh, there's just there's just a lot of different takes on it. And I'll give you an example, and, like so, like when it talks about it's talking about the statue with the brass feet and all this or the mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then else, yeah. people will just go into it, and be like, okay, the brass feet, that's Rome, okay. And it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. how do you? Where are you? Iron, by the way. Where are you getting that? You know, like oh yeah, iron. Sorry, I, I breeze through it. Let's I was gonna say, say study that a little <laughs> bit more. It's uh, so like I was like, how do you show me how you're getting that? Oh well, then you just and then a lot of it is just personally my opinion. I don't know if it's based on a lot in on like deep deep study or how could you how could you know that yeah how could you know it but but the two prophets in Revelation are definitely Enoch and Elijah though that's that's just decided we definitely know that. What? The, the Enoch prophet. and... What? Yeah, the, the two prophets in, uh, oh. in Revelation are Enoch and Elijah. With for sure. Two witnesses. The, yeah. two, the two that the come two back. Well, I, and that get killed. Yeah, I think, That's kind of why think, I hope I'm like... I think there's certain aspects that. of it that you, you can look at. And it really, if you think about it, it's, it's the whole Bible's this way. It's just mm-hmm. some of it's in reverse, so it's a little, a little less... I mean, it's all kind of um, speculative at this yeah. point for the future, but... There's there's different viewpoints and but there's certain aspects of it you gather around, and and you'll find that most Bible scholars will agree with that. So for example, the mm-hmm. one that you just cited about the uh, mm-hmm. the the statue. The, the statue, most Bible scholars pretty much agree with that. That that the different representatives and then mm-hmm. the Bible also even says it too. I mean, there's places where it says this is the Medo Persian Empire, this is the mm-hmm. Babylonian Empire, and so I mean. When it when it when it gets into those places where it's pretty clear cut, yeah. The question isn't with with that specific one, is yeah. it whether or not that's what it's talking about? Is whether or not this was written before it actually mm-hmm. happened? Right. Uh, there's a lot of Bible scholars, uh, Bible scholars that are not really believers that just study the yeah. Bible believe that this was all written afterwards and it made it look like it was prophetic. Sure. Whereas our perspective would be Daniel actually saw this sure. future right. in the future. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Revelation is a, a great book, though. Like, um, I, ha- I after I read it and listening, like like you said, I was listening to that up room thing. Oh, it's so it's, good. it's really awesome and um, a renewed kind of like. Not that I like to get into the, all that kind of eschatological, like I almost call it like weirdness, but just like there is something to be said about reading the book of Revelation, and then even at the end of it says, it says he who read this is out loud, mm-hmm. um, a, there's a blessing on it. Uh-huh. So, like, mm-hmm. there's something about it, and, and I think, for me at least, and we'll land this plane because we got other places to go, like, um, the, the my, my biggest thing is is the there's a different and a interesting and I think a really important revelation of the person of Jesus in Revelation. That's what the book is. It's the revelation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I think there's something really important for that for the church right now. Yeah. But yeah, and I think. Uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think the church has a has a tendency just to to kind of careen oh, from yeah. one ditch to the other. So you, right now, I I personally feel like we're overemphasizing the here and now, mm-hmm. and we're not really. We're, we're, it's about living now and mm-hmm. how we should live our yeah. life, discipleship, and yeah. and and you know establishing the kingdom of God here, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And there's, there's, we've over, we're, we're in a place now where we're overemphasizing that and forget that there is an eternal aspect right. yeah. of this whole thing. Yeah. And then what will happen is we'll turn into that ditch and there'll be, yeah. we're mm-hmm. emphasizing the eternal aspect. Well, it don't matter what happens around here, yeah. we're getting out of here. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I think there's yeah, that kind of I definitely thing. agree. Well, Tyler, you preached Sunday. I tried. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> it was like, yeah, good song. I mean, yeah, I heard 10. better. 
I no, have too. You had a lo- you had a lot of good stuff, but where I kind of wanted to start at, and is this is, this is something that I've heard you say a lot, and something that you kind of sort of mentioned uh, at the beginning of your sermon, and you even said I wrote this exact quote down. You said you're encouraged by what is God God's doing here mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and then you you talked so about he's leaving. You talked about the prophecy. <laughs> you talked about, talk about the prophecy that was spoken over you and Tiffany. How you guys are going to be the catalyst <laughs> and part of the catalyst that for, yeah. for for the movement that's going on here. So. Let's say that someone's out there who's listening right now, and they say, "I can feel this, but I can't really put it into words. Like what's going on here?" And I know you kind of, sort of said with there is more, but I'd like to hear you guys kind of expand on that. Like, what do you see is going on in our church right now? What, what this this season that we're in, and all, all this change that people can feel something is going on, mm-hmm. but they can't exactly put their finger on it. Mm-hmm. Right. What, what would you What would you say, maybe in, in more you know concise words, of what's going on? Quite simply, uh, I've actually given this a lot of thought. Like, I think if you can, for me, if I nail it down to one thing, it is an a an increased awareness, appreciation. Um, like, I, don't, I, I guess the biggest word is awareness, and like almost like buying into. I can't find the right words um, for the reality of the spirit, like spiritual, mm-hmm. like. Um, I've said this before a lot that like I feel a lot of Christians have kind of like I, I, I phrased it in the way that I feel like we've been here too long like on this planet we've been here on this earth for too long we've gotten used to just kind of like the American dream kind of lifestyle and we've forgotten that the things that we read in the Bible and the things that we talk about on Sunday really and truly literally are vastly more important more real and more valuable mm-hmm. than anything else that could possibly come into our life. Mm-hmm. Like how much money you have in the bank or whatever. And so when I say something special is happening, I think at the root, there's a group of people in this church who are beginning and continually becoming more aware and are, I don't know the word, they are, they are living more in the spirit realm. That sounds really weird to say but that's the best i got more than the natural they're like they're valuing things of the spirit more than the natural like the things of the lord are meaning more to them than the things of the natural mm-hmm. and when that begins to happen like things start to change like i think a biggest case for a lot of dead churches is people are living as americans in a church rather than living as the church in america like and and i think one of the things that's happening here that i am so encouraged is like people are it's not just this cultural thing they're doing it's becoming like real like really really real to them that's that's for me my answer anything you want to add well i i I agree and i think one way that i would say it is is that it's truly true kingdom living Mm -hmm. uh or the pursuit of true kingdom living when we say the word kingdom it gets banged around a lot in the church but kingdom assumes there's a king Mm-hmm. And 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 we've lived always where there's a president. You vote him out if you don't like him. Yeah. You know. Well, that don't happen in a kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know. The, the 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 king is the king, and he stays the king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and he's he's the 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 potentate. He's the he's the ruler of all. And 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 people become aware of that. And uh and it, and it's not a natural kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. So by nature, it is moving into that spiritual yeah. realm. Yeah. yeah. I do have something, only because um, I'm one of those people. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No, I am so hungry for, I guess, the supernatural, but I I feel like 
what's happening, and I'm only going by what's happening in my heart, is I've become more aware and in awe of the supernatural mm-hmm. and in awe of um, of his kingdom coming to yeah. earth and what that looks like. Yeah, when, yeah. when heaven comes to earth, like things happen yeah, and yeah. manifest. And so mm-hmm. like I've become more um, in awe of it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like just marveled at it. Yeah. I'll, I always just go back to that. Like, and that's just the best word I have is like, it just becomes more real to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because like something happened to me like several years ago. Um, and I wasn't in ministry. I was not, you know, and something happened to me through, or it probably happened over a season of time, but to where like, I just became convinced and that convincing led to a choice that like, I, I just came, became like really, truly convinced and it settled in my heart that like, man, the stuff that I've been participating in my whole life in like church and, and Jesus and all this stuff, like that's really real. Like he's really in heaven right now on a throne. Yeah. And like, and the one day, like my life's going to end and I'm going to give an account for all the stuff that I've done and the dross is going to go away and gold will be left. And like, so, and at that point I just couldn't just like, well, that's kind of nice. It required for me a response. And the response wasn't, I guess I got to go into ministry. I kind of already felt I was supposed to do that. The response for me, was like, ministry in my entire life will never look the same like and 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 people may not understand it but like it just it just is different and that's for me like that's the best way i can describe it is because for me one day it just kind of like clicked and i just became really convinced that like wow this stuff is really real and uh and if it's real then it then a response is is like needed Yeah. yeah for sure Really good, and I think it's really good for here to hear, especially leadership, talk about like where they see the movement in. So for people that want to buy into it and that want to say, "Hey, I don't want to be left behind. I want to be part of what's going on." It's good mm-hmm. to hear really where your vision and what yeah. you see is going on. And then really that kind of led you into the main bulk of your sermon, talking about like there is more in this movement that we're going into. Yeah. That we're at point A, and we're really needed to to, to move on and, and look for more. And you talk to a you know, you, you kind of narrowed it down to maybe people in our church, but I think sure. the ways that you talked about it can be brought in to, oh, yeah. to, to people in those types of lifestyles, and maybe even that's kind of what you, yeah. you meant for it to do. Yeah. And uh, the first for place, sure. you, the first place that you went to that I really wanted to kind of hear as a parent with yeah. with students, and then as like you know pastors, you talked about students, mm-hmm. and the the thing that you said was that there's more to their life than yeah. you know f- like kind of finding their way in their life, finding yeah. their way to adulthood. Yeah. And, and the, the, where, where I specifically wanted to hear you guys talk about it is, is because there, there are obviously people that are out there that are listening yeah. that th- their goal, their destiny in life is to not be a pastor. Their destiny in life is not to be a <laughs> yeah. worship leader. It's yeah. to be a doctor. It's to yeah. be, you know, to work for SECO. It's to, to be a teacher. And so navigating that in their lives for yeah. both the student and this, maybe this, we can separate the conversation yeah. from student and parent. How do they navigate that in their lives of there's more to their life than that, but they have to place importance on it because you got to pass your college classes. you got to put yeah. the hours of study into your yeah. tests. So h- how can maybe teenagers that are listening to, right. to you saying, you know, there's more to your life than that, how can, how can the students balance all those sure. things? Um, so, like, we did a podcast um, probably a year ago or something like that, but it was about how do you live kind of revivalist, revivalist lifestyle when you're not a minister? Like, cause I think that's a lot of, like you were talking pastor after my message on Sunday, like excuses and things, people, caveats they give themselves. And it's like, well, 
you know, you're talking about being sold out and living on, on fire and all this crazy stuff, but that's so easy for you when that's your job and you're almost paid to do it. And that's really true. Like that's, that that's a part of it. True. Um, but that it, it is possible. And like, I gave a scenario and I hope this answers your question. Like, so I get like, my brother works at Publix. Okay. And he doesn't have a job where it's his job to pray for people and to preach a message to draw you closer to Jesus. But that doesn't mean that he can't be pursuing Jesus in his job. And so, like, an example I, I think I gave um, was, like, his job is to, to manage a produce department, okay? If, if his approach to doing that is solely like, well, what has my superiors told me? What have I learned? And that's it? Then he's fallen short. But if he takes that and then also says, like, Lord, word is divine wisdom in this. Like, what do you, like, is there something you're showing me? And a lot of times it's not really that. It's like listening for little tiny whispers of the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead him even how to set up oranges, you know, or whatever, or where to put the sign. Like, he is intimately involved in all those details. But not only that, when a a worker comes in and they're really PO'd because they're just angry, Kayler responds pissed off okay. Kayla responds <laughs> I'm leaving so like <laughs> you can edit it later Kayla no, responds in love and respond and like allows the Holy Spirit instead of getting angry and just like uh this person he like can see past the hurt and see that there's something going on there and he allows the Holy Spirit to speak to them and he pulls them in a side room and says like hey what's going on can I help you like that is stuff where people who are just like ordinary people in high schoolers apply that to however you want. Mm. Like you can lead, you, you can live completely and fully aware of the spiritual world while you are living a normal life and not as like a pastor. Yeah. And I think it's, it's that it's incorporating the Lord into every single part of your day. And it's really not that hard because what I've found is he wants to be in every single part of your day. A lot of times we just don't allow him to. And mm-hmm. if you can enter in like, you can start your day actively like I'm going to listen for the Holy Spirit. You'll be surprised how much he talks to you. I guarantee you that. Um, so that's, that's basically my answer. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Yeah, the only thing I would add is, is, is we shouldn't come going along with what he said is we should not compartmentalize our life. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I get through my devotion time in the morning, shut my Bible. So okay, yeah. on to the rest of my life. Yeah you know, that my whole life is my devotional yeah, life. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm devoted to Christ mm-hmm. in everything that I do. Yeah. And so uh, the, the the Bible says in Colossians, he's speaking specifically to services, do everything heartily as unto the Lord. And that's how I should live out. Everything in my life is that yeah. I'm doing this yeah. for the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Now, one thing that you said that I really would like to have Lene's opinion on is you something that I thought is a really good point you made is you said, you made the, the, the phrase of setting up standards yeah. of, from a young age, setting up standards. Right. And now I realize I'm an, an outside viewer, yeah. but from my perspective, I feel like that's something that you've done a good job of, even from a young age, of, a young age of, of setting the standards. So what, what would you say to maybe guys, people out there that are raising young kids, like what does that setting up, setting up standards look like? What does it look like for you? Um, well, we have talked about this on the podcast before, but... I personally don't feel that I did that great of a job setting up standards. Right. I mean, I can look back now. No, really. And But I can say now, um, and I hope it encourages some parents to um, do that, I don't feel like I set up enough standards as far as um, prayer and, and Bible in, in my children, and I can see where that lacks now. So that would be my encouragement to, to do that. Um, 
But I, I feel like I did set up standards as far as like, um, you know, this is how we live our life and we are community yeah. and church family oriented and that kind of thing. But every time he says something about like, you know, it's not for the Sunday school teacher to teach your kids <laughs> stuff. I'm like, that hurts my family. Well, I, I <laughs> because I kind of was like, no, can't they do that for me? I, I will say this, Lene, like, and I think pastor would agree with me and pretty much everybody who really knows you. With the bag you were given, you did a great job. Well, like I, I realize I'm, that, but I'm just saying for once I'm, that. And, like, and I think we, and that's the part where you yeah. have to like trust in the grace of God to like yeah. fill in the rest. Oh, yeah. And but what I was what what I was kind of saying because there's this kind of mentality, and you hear people who have like older kids or whatever say like, well, yes, you know, you young person who have little tiny kids and you have all these strict standards, you know, whatever. You think that now, but when you're when you're in my position, you'll have a you'll have a greater knowledge and you'll understand a little bit better. And I had a thought one day: is that true, or is it because you never set up standards that you actually stuck to in the beginning? That over time, little tiny compromises happen, and then you get to the very end of your experience with your children, and now you're trying to justify why that happened. To be honest, I think it's that because right. I see other people who have stuck to the standard and are there and are fine. And so for me, I don't want to get to the place where little tiny compromises happen. I want to I want to establish standards in the beginning and have to have really hard, tough conversations. Maybe tweak them a little bit because that's fine, but but tough conversations because like isn't that the whole thing? Like the closer you are to a situation, the more emotional and more biased mm-hmm. you become, the more inadequate you are to actually accurately judge it. So in reality, it's actually not true in my opinion, to like have a greater knowledge at the end of your kid's life, it's actually better when you have no bias. Like you're just like, okay, what do I want for my family? And here's how it can happen. And, and sticking to that and not like, well, I guess it wasn't really realistic. I just don't buy into that. Yeah, I would agree because um, looking back, um, I really wish I would have thought it through a little bit more <laughs> as far as like, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we're going to be about, sure. and this is what we're going to stand for, and yeah. that kind of thing. Because it's true, the older they get, if you haven't set those lines and those boundaries... Somebody else will do it for them. Exactly. Right. So it, it kind of gets themselves. a little yeah. blurred, and then you're like, well... And even as the children, they look at you like, but you've never established this. Right. You've never set that boundary. Yeah. So how can you tell me that now? Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's important to set standards and boundaries for yourself as mm-hmm. well, because sure. you don't want to... You know, they want to, you want them to see it lived out in your life as right. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The lines and stuff like that. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah, that part hurts my feelings too when he said that. <laughs> what about the church people who aren't maybe the, the, the teenagers are in our church, but they're not our kids, they're not our relatives? You know, I think a lot of times older people have, uh, us older people, I'll mm-hmm. say, have a tendency of saying these darn teenagers and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think it's it's our responsibility for us older people yeah. to be pouring into their lives and yeah. to, to be encouraging all these things that we're talking about. So what does that look like? How, how can someone that's, that's out there listening, yeah. how can they pour into these teenagers' lives that go to their church? I love one of the examples I'll give like of my dad with your kids is um, like, you know. My your, kids. Your kids. Oh, I thought you meant Luke's kids. No. Well, oh, okay. Uh, like your, you know, your kids, um, like their dad wasn't really in their life a lot. And mm-hmm. so like my dad, I remember he told me this one day, like, and I was like a teenager or something. I was, I was not, not as old as I am now, but, um. He just said like he felt the Lord tell him or just felt it was a good idea to every time he saw your kids, he taught them to do one simple little thing and that's how to do a handshake. Yep. 
And because, like, if you've ever been around teenagers, they are the worst at, like, handshakes and just <laughs> or eye contact. Eye. Yeah, they won't and so he would eye. literally go up to them and be yeah. like, hey, shake my hand. He said, now, look at my eyes. And he would, like, literally teach them how to, yeah. have a, how to do a handshake. And so for me, like, I think it's just simple things like that and just being micro, even, like, microly involved, if that's a word, in a, a young person's life. Like, you don't have... I think we have these grand visions of, like, taking these kids on weekend fishing trips and, like, having that, like, lifetime movie moment, like, where you're talking to them <laughs> and share. It doesn't have to be that. Yeah. It can be just teaching them how to have a handshake, like, or whatever, and just, um, I don't know. Well, well, you're the pastor of the church, so how about maybe some ways you, you, you even thought about it or ways you see, like, some people, some, like, real examples for our church specifically. Are there, are there things that you would like to see as far as, you know, the adults being involved in the lives of the yeah. teenagers here? I I think what Tyler's saying is 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 true. Sometimes we try to make it too programmatic, mm-hmm. and and kids will pick up on that. They yeah. they, they they know they're being handled. You know, Tyler and I used to talk about this all the time. I said I never want people to feel like they're handled. Like a used car salesman. And, yeah, and like like the line that you're giving me is is you know it's kind of what we make fun of around here a lot. God bless you, brother. So yeah. good to see you today. So fake. Yeah. I love it's you. So fake and, and the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's just finding authentic ways to show yeah. to yeah. show love, you yeah. know, and, and concern. And I think that will go far yeah. greater than anything else. I, don't get me wrong, I think coming and being involved and helping serve snacks for yeah. kids ministry or or, you know, uh, being a chaperone on a, yeah. on a youth trip or a mission trip, something like that. That's great. And we obviously need that. But just on an ongoing basis, yeah. just yeah. That, those demonstrations of... Mm-hmm. And sometimes things like that can be the vehicle for those little tiny, genuine moments to happen, yeah. to occur. You know, like, um, so one of the things I was going to add to my thing, and Pastor kind of said it, was like, I think we should have more guys, like, you know... Um, volunteering in youth or rural rangers or or the kids women's connect. yeah and kids connect and girls in the girls ministry and stuff like um because that you will be face to face with these people and then kind of going back to what we were talking about a second ago just be led by the holy spirit in the mm-hmm. moment he'll direct you he'll like present an opportunity and just go for it and like and 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 one of the things that i've learned as a teacher and a student as a student pastor is like it does not take a lot of effort to make a kid feel valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sure. you don't mm-hmm. have to buy them an Xbox. Right. You can just talk to them and like, Hey, like so I, you're on the basketball team. What's that like? Mm-hmm. Like for a person that's not their mom and dad, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And, and when I think I would love, I, I love when I see churches and the community aspect is like, and I grew up in this church. This was, this was my reality is that I had really good relationships with people like Benny Collins, people like, um, 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 I can't even remember his name now. Um, uh, Thompson, Ken, Ken Thompson. Sorry, um, people like that, like that I grew up around, and just like they were like just they were really like they're almost like friends, you know. And um, they meant a lot to me. So I love when I see that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so the next thing you talked about, we won't spend I guess, unless you guys really want to. We don't have to spend a lot of time on just because we've talked agnostic about this about the people who don't connect. In the in, you know sure. in the church and we emphasize that's part of our mission statement is mm-hmm. connecting mm-hmm. and how just important fellowship and community is and you talked about um, it's actually out of the will of God yeah for us for us not to connect yeah um, 
and you, you talked about a little bit about you know it's their spiritual life um, and they they need to take responsibility of it. But where do you see like as the church, as church people trying to bring people in? At what level do you see our responsibility? I don't of bringing no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, it's like a marriage, right? And um, if like, this is the classic example, if both are doing fifty percent then, like, one day somebody's going to be doing zero and the person doing 50, it's going to fall flat. Um, and that's just not right. So both need to be 100%. And so while I said what I said on Sunday about how it's not... I was more talking to the the person who is sitting in the in the seat or where, who's going to be listening to that in the future and who's not connecting about, like, it is your spiritual life. Like, own it. I'm talking to that person. But... I also, and I hope, and I kind of round around at the end and said this, and I hope it hit home as hard as the other one did. The church should still be trying 100% to to connect people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I I, uh, I want those those two realities are not um, mutually exclusive. Thank you, mutually exclusive. They they can both coexist, mm-hmm. and they should coexist. We should be the church should be like pursuing and being super intentional, and I, I know. It's been an ongoing, like, you know, process of us, like, trying to learn how to do, like, deacon care groups and stuff like that. And we're just trying to fit the, the heart. And even though some of it is, you know, it, maybe it didn't go like we wanted it to, but the heart is there of, like, we want to connect people. And eventually we're going to get it. And we're going to come into a groove and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the point is, like, the church needs to pursue people at 100%. And the people coming into the church need to know, like, what is good for their own heart and what they need what they need to be a part of. Um, cause I was more kind of trying to come against the consumeristic mindset and mentality mm-hmm. that so many church people can have of like, okay, I'm here, feed me mm-hmm. and do yeah. something for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I can't stand that. Mm-hmm. But to my point, like, yeah, mm-hmm. the church should be doing a hundred percent, um, and, and pursuing people as much as possible. Yeah. yeah my, my thought is quite similar in, in the sense that, uh, the church has to do everything it can to to provide the opportunity yeah. and provide ways for people to connect. Look for new uh, new ways to do it, new yeah. areas to connect in, those kinds of things. Ultimately, it will depend on the person. God gives everybody choice, you know, and they and they choose. Yeah. But we need to do everything we can. And then the thing is, is when we do have somebody choose, that we celebrate that rather yeah. than rather than. I almost have that idea. Well, it's about time, right. you know. Yeah. And, and the church can kind of do that sometimes. Oh, yeah, so I've seen sure. it done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and instead of you know, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. celebrate them yeah, yeah, coming yeah. in and being a part. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think I think, and to your point, this is one of the things that I I got I was talking to somebody recently. Oh, I, me, Dale, and Derek West went out for lunch one day randomly, um, and he asked me what's one of the biggest things that I learned from you. And during this time of, of working here, and I and I said it was easy answer by far is how to have a pastor's heart, and because like shockingly I struggle with that sometimes, um, uh, and like <laughs> and I think to what Shocking. you're what you're saying what you're saying is when we the difference between celebrating somebody and then just being like what's well, about time is where was your heart for that person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It w- were you frustrated with them because they weren't getting it, or and, and it was offending you like his pastors can be very insecure myself included yeah and like we are insecure when they don't come to our stuff and all and so when they do come it's like well finally 
or whatever, or were you really concerned the whole time because you really love that was person? Heartbreaking for them. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's one of the things that I've really had to learn and I'm continually learning right. uh, from your example, like, because I, I struggle with that and I need to get better about that, um, about like really caring for the person, not just almost caring for the system or the principles or whatever. Mm. And, and, and Tom, I'm sure you remember me having this conversation with you at times through the, the last couple of years. Many. Is things can be frustrating, but you can't get frustrated. Yeah. yeah. And and Oof. and that's the that's the truth of the matter. Yeah. I, I can't be frustrated. People are frustrating. Yeah. I'm frustrating. Yeah. Yes. Mm. People are frustrating, but you can't get frustrated with them. And yeah, yeah. I know that's kind of a maybe a little semantical nuance to it, but there's there's some reality. To but it. it's but I don't think it is. I think I think it shows the fruit of the spirit at the work at work in somebody's life. Like um, Jesus talks about you know kind of like holy anger, but he also talks about not holding you know anger in your mm-hmm. heart towards somebody. So there's a difference. Like yeah. there there's a difference between something being frustrating and and you even maybe having mm, like uh, frustrated with the circumstance or something. But I think if you were to look, at, you take the example of Jesus whipping people in the temple. I think if any one of those people would have turned around and be like, Lord, I want to, I want to, I'm sorry for my sins. How can I walk in? He would respond to them in kindness and in care. Mm. He wouldn't whip them. Right. <laughs> and I think there's a difference. Right. And like, so well, like, about time. right. It's, <laughs> we, we, we can, we can be frustrated unto like solving the problem with the situation, but we can never, to your point, like be frustrated with the person and, mm. and take our, cause that's what naturally and I'll just speak for myself. That's what I want to do sometimes. I want to be frustrated with this person, and I want to take up my frustration on them. In reality, it, it begins to drive them further away from the goal yeah. that I want them to accomplish or whatever. If that makes sense. I want to hear you say something about like what what this because I know the reason why I'm asking you is because I know that you're a part of like a really awesome connect group of women mm-hmm. that really support each other and I I don't I don't know what to say but I know you guys have a text thread that you guys talk mm-hmm. so someone that's out there that's like nervous or doesn't want to or thinks it's too much work yeah like maybe share a story or like just in words of encouragement like what connecting is doing for you or what how it's helped um, you and stuff like that well I can just say I'll just give an example of for last couple weeks just been going through something and um if I didn't have those women to lean on I would be sitting at home right now and and just isolated and Mm. not you know very um what's that word reclusive Reclusive. Mm. yeah um but I had so many women who reached out to me and was just like what's going on like they could tell that Mm because I'm in relationship yeah. with all of them because right. of connect group I wasn't responding to text I wasn't you know answering phone calls and things like that and because of that they could tell something was wrong and they were mm. reaching out and they're like right. what's going on and they weren't that willing, to, is, weren't willing to leave you there yes yeah. and yeah. so that's that. when connect groups and yeah. and that relationship with the with our church family yeah. is so important because I would have stayed there. Yeah, I, right. I promise you. I, I, I'll sit here and act like, you know, I love the presence so much and I love the word and I love going after the things of the Lord. But I'll tell you in the last couple of weeks, I was ready to sit my butt home and not do none of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So having those women sure. come at me. It's kind of the H2O principle. Yes. You got to have both of those things. Yeah. You so. know, f- uh, for me, what it, it's kind of the, 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 <laughs> the entrance into it is I'll go back to, it, I think it was 2017, maybe 2016. Now I don't remember the exact year. Now, 
but for a long time I'd said I got to start working out. I got to start working out. I got to get, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I got to work out, and and I would always make excuses. I'd, I'd try to start, and then finally one day I said, man, I'm going, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I went, and 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 even though you know, right now I've got some stuff to really work on with my with my health and what have you, I'm still going to work out every day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that community of people that I'm with, and it's not even a church group, that community mm-hmm. of people that I'm with, the guy that leads it, uh, Richie, he, uh, I missed one day this week. He texted me, hey, man, are you say, okay? He's, when he's you got, miss, do yeah, they reach out? Exactly. Yeah. He, has, he has, really, he has a pastor's heart, really. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and so it, it's that community of, of, of friendship and connection that, that, that come. So it's almost like you almost, it, you can hear people talk about it, mm-hmm. but until you plunge into it and actually right. experience it, yeah. you don't really, you kind of, kind of understand it. Right. And I'll, I just want to add on to Lene's point where, and kind of what you're saying is where connection can be important for you in the sense of like, it can give you the support you need when you, when you, when you, when you otherwise stumble and fall, that, that support system can reach for you. But I also want to encourage people out there that are not connecting like the important work that you're missing out on, yeah. Yeah. the important things that, that you could be doing. And, and this is a crazy weird example, but um, the, uh, there was a Hollywood actor that was making a political statement uh, online and he was making a political statement about a certain political figure <laughs> and he put this flag in the middle of nowhere where he didn't tell people where it was and it was like a, this so-and-so will not divide us. And... <laughs> the oh, internet, the internet this. came together, and like because this person could figure out like where the planes were moving, and this person took t- t- the person's social media and figured out what's going on. Like the the community of people coming together figured out where this flag wow. was and went and took it down. Yeah. Like of all places in the world, it could be, and that's crazy example. But to say that, like, and you even kind of touched on this that the the body is called the body yeah. for a reason. Yeah, every part is important. So. Yeah. It, it, for, for anyone out there that's not connecting, that's not part of the body, th- there is so much work that's not being done because mm-hmm. we're missing your importance. Yeah. That yeah. everyone, everyone out there is equally important. Yeah. Not just the pastor, not just yeah. the worship team. Right. Everyone that's part of the body is important. So w- the church is missing out when yeah. you're not connected. Yeah. I think we have this. Also, we have this this thought um, when it comes to like when we hear the word like the body of Christ we kind of think of the global or maybe even like the United States, whatever, but we think of like the global body and because we are saved, we are a part of the body. And while that is true, I think in another way, when Paul was writing about that, like he's really talking about a local Mm -hmm. body Mm -hmm. because he's dealing with issues that deal with people. He says Mm -hmm. the hand cannot say to the, what the foot or whatever that I have no need of you. And so like, I think some people will negate or excuse themselves from being a part of the body because they're like, well, I'm already a part of the body. And that's true. But I think there's actually a more deeper, more fulfilling um, um, definition, if you will, of that word. And that is being a part of a local Local. body. Mm -hmm. And like whether that looks like a house church or a traditional church or whatever, um, like you being person to person contact with somebody is so important. And, yeah. and even beyond that, like just showing up on a Sunday morning doesn't mean you are in a body of like, you're a part of the body. Like right. it, the connotation in the you're verse, yeah, the connotation, yeah. exactly. You're an accessory, like a part of the, the, wow. the, that I get the connotation in the verse is like, you're in relationship. Like my limbs are in relationship to one another they're and they're connected. Exactly. 
cross connect. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's clicking. It's clicking. Wow. So yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. Um, and it's also not just the negative stuff too. I mean, I mean when I when something great happens in my life, I get to like text yes. those ladies and say, yeah. "People celebrate." Guess what the you. Lord, mm-hmm. you know, did in my life, and then everybody's just like, you know, worship hands and all this kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. it's just like. That's my fam. Like, they're between, so excited with me. In between, the, the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life to where like, I'm crying <laughs> is nights coming home from eating wings yeah. and just the stupidity of the things that we yeah. say. It's just like I'm, I'm crying and I can't breathe from how hard yeah. I'm laughing. Shout yeah. out to Patty because she's our, our jokester. She's our jokester in yeah. our group. All right, so the the one that I, I think was really good, not, just, not, not really maybe for our church, but for just for the charismatic movement, is you talked about what I'm going to use your words. You talked about the crazies mm-hmm. and um, that there's more encounter available, sure. but there's also more to the encounter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So w- what do you think is, what do you guys think is missing for people where, where it's not clicking that yes, the encounter feels great and it's wonderful to be in his presence and wonderful just to sit in that for a while yeah. where it's not clicking to where that is supposed to be producing something else and it's not that that in itself is not the end goal is just being in the presence I think um, a couple of things like one is a lack of discipleship or the right discipleship and and like you know one of the things that Tiffany and I have always tried to do like with our revivalist group or anybody who comes into our sphere of influence was to turn them on to what I'll call the more of like the spirit, like just you know, the more, the deep things, but also to like give them that life raft to hold on to and to like, you know, have a, a I don't even like calling it a balance because it feels like they're in opposition to each other, but just a, a well-rounded view mm-hmm. of things of the spirit. But to be honest, one of the things that I, I truly think you're asking, why do people sometimes just kind of get camped out in the, in the feels, you know, and, and just the touch is I think it's easy and it requires nothing of you. And, um, and you know, like it's, it's not hard and it doesn't require you to change your heart. Like I think a lot of people who are the crazies like to tout themselves as like really sold out. Cause I'll laugh in front of a bunch of people who don't like me and I'll do it. And like all this sort of stuff, I don't even care, but I don't really think they're sold out as they think they are because they're still jacked up in here and they're not allowing the Lord to deal with them. And it's easy to kind of be fringe and kind of be like a rebel when you're in front of people. But when you're no one's around and no one's looking and you're not getting it because a lot of it is attention. They want attention from people because um, they're orphan spirits and they need validation and even in a sick way from people. But like when they're alone with the Lord, how they really think, how they really feel when they're employees, like how do you? How do you act at your job? You know, not. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying every crazy person. But I'm. I've been in this stream, this particular like flow, long enough to see that there's a lot of there's a lot of error in it, and there's a lot of people who focus so much on like the feels and all that sort of stuff, um, and but not the character part. And I, to be honest, I think it's because one is really easy. It's it's like this. Like you can be saved, and um, because the gifts and the callings. Those are without repentance. Like you have them from almost from birth, and you can have a guy who's been a, a eighteen year heroin addict. I don't even know if you make it that long, but like, and he gets saved, he can turn around and heal somebody, but he, but he's not going to have fruit of the spirit right. yet. Right. And so the gifts, sometimes, if we can just be honest, are more flashy. They're more, they're easier to obtain sometimes, but the fruit of the spirit 
And I would almost say the goal, like that's what the Lord really values, like fruit, because fruit takes work and it takes effort and it takes communion. And that's why Jesus uses verses like vines and branches to like illustrate this sort of stuff is like, I think that's even closer to his heart because it shows a renewed mind and a renewed mind shows a, a steadfast heart and a, and a person in love with Jesus. And so like, to land this plane, um, sorry, uh, I think it's because it's easier. And when it comes to hard stuff, we just don't want to do it. Um, yeah, that's my answer. Yeah, I think I think people don't find their <laughs> really find their identity in Christ. Yeah, they find their identity really in I, 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 my identity is I'm a crazy. My identity <laughs> yeah. is I'm a disciple. My identity uh-huh. is whatever. And the church is, uh, and I'm not talking about cross connection, but the church yeah. throughout its history, it, it has been a study in extremes. I think you were just talking about reading a book about the church history and, yeah. and, and what you will see is there's extremes yeah. and they find their identity in that extreme, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in kind of the holiness movement, mm-hmm. you know, so there was that extreme of holiness. You, you basically, I mean, your, your identity was in how extreme you could be in holiness. Sure. You know? I don't own a TV. I got sleeves down to here. I don't, you know, I, and uh, I, I don't watch TV. I don't do all these things, which Obviously, some of that is even commendable, yeah. but you find your identity in that yeah. rather than the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it's easier to find your identity in those kinds of yeah, things. Sure. It, it really is. It's easier to find your identity in those things that are outside of Christ because mm-hmm. Christ is a is a person, and, and him being a person, he is not going to have just one kind of aspect to him he is a, a complete and yeah. full person beyond our comprehension, beyond our finding out. And so today when I've discovered this aspect of, aspect of him, he's going to be yeah. presenting a different aspect tomorrow, and it's going to be a new challenge for him. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think you can even fall into that trap of identity um, with, with even people in, in the kingdom. And mm-hmm. I, I see this a lot with newer people because I, I and I really believe their heart is in the right place where they're mm-hmm. they're new to this whole thing, they're new mm-hmm. to this Christian thing, they're and they love the presence, they love what's going on, and they're they're searching for their identity, right. like, well, you know, where, where do I belong in the kingdom? Where do I belong? Yeah. And, and a lot what of times, camp am I going to be part right, of? Right, yeah. and, and they see people they admire, mm-hmm. and they see people that that are probably great people mm-hmm. that that are um, that are wonderful people, and they say, well, this person yeah. laughs a lot, or this person yeah. runs around the church a lot, yeah. and 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 you don't see the the depth of that's just like the tip of the iceberg yeah and i think a great you and tiffany are great examples of that where you know you guys you guys really are really into like you, you soak jesus's presence in during the service and you guys really you don't care what it looks like and what it seems like but that's just the tip of the iceberg yeah. you know people don't see the hours that you spend mm-hmm. in his word and the, t- the time you spent chewing the, the bible and understanding the bible the time you, the time the hours you guys spent in prayer sure. and the worship that's not just on the stage but that's on your knees in your living room yeah. and stuff like that, and so I think for I was I guess I would say for newer people yeah. is is to be careful about finding your identity and yeah. and other Christians because yeah. and, and then ultimately those Christians can even let you down. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know when will yeah. yeah yeah. And I would say this like a lot of people that I've encountered in, in in my life in the last you know six or seven years who have fit the bill of this, they don't even really attend church that much. Mm-hmm. You know. They're what we would call conference hoppers, you know, like, and in that sense, to you made a great point, Luke, like, they they look at the people on stage, and they see one aspect of their walk with the Lord, and if you if you were to watch Todd White, Randy Clark, Michael Coulon, any of these any of these people, you're seeing one aspect of their walk with the Lord, and that is specifically for that moment of ministering to people, 
And what happens is because these people have no leadership, they have no relationship, they have no authority over them who's teaching them. They're learning from what they're seeing, and so they have a very one-dimensional relationship with the Lord. They don't have a lot of like, you know, like you're talking about word and like prayer and all this sort of stuff. Or, or what, one thing that's big with me is character, like allowing him to do the heart stuff and allowing yeah. you to choose like, man, this is ugly in me. Lord, rip it out mm-hmm. and allow me to be more like you. Like they're not having that because they're just seeing one aspect of that person up there. And they think if I can just be like that, then everything will be fit. I'll be, I'll be close to the Lord. And that's what the, that's what the goal looks like. Right. And they don't see that person in their prayer closet. Mm-hmm. And I think I liked so much that you said fruit, you know, that, that the encounter should lead to character and fruit. And this is whenever I preached like a year ago or, and I talked about the fruits of the spirit, I made, the, I made the point of fruit in, in the real world. Fruit is what attracts people to the tree. Mm-hmm. It's the, that's yeah. the reason people so come good. to the tree is because yeah. of the fruit, not because of the way the leaves look or how right. tall the tree is. And it's because of the fruit that it produces. Right. And so if we want people to bring to this, this tree of, you know, relationship with God, yeah. the fruit is the only way that we're yeah. going to do it. Yeah. So, and this may be a simple answer. This may be a very straightforward answer, but let's say someone's listening. That is a you know, one of the crazies that, that have yet you to get to that, that deeper level. And they say, okay, I hear you. I want that in my life. I want to start producing fruit. I want to, yeah. I want to be into the Word. I want to have that character. So I'm, I'm having those Sunday experiences. What do I do next? Can, can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I think we just have to be careful, too, about saying this kind of stuff about, like, the people who love the presence. And, and also just kind of um, be careful because... There, you know, because it always, pastors talked about this, it's always like the one camp or the other camp. Like you're either presence or the word. And then pastors even talked about how it has to be both. Mm-hmm. So saying, talking about like not having your identity about being like a presence person, don't let your identity be about the word either. Right. Because the word has to marry the presence or it's just knowledge. Right. <laughs> it's just like... Right. um I mean, there's theologians who know plenty about the word, but have no fruit. Right. Pharisees. So, Pharisees, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. super religious, but have no fruit. Yeah. So that's what I'm just saying. Like, right. no, I completely we should, agree. We and should be careful I, I about misspoke. saying. What I more, more so meant was like after a particular person, yes. not like after like a yeah, yeah, yeah. certain way of living your life. I definitely yeah. don't agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you for that. For because sure. both should produce fruit. Yep. For sure. So, so, anyway. so how, 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 what do you say to someone that's at that point? Like, okay, here you guys are saying, I'm ready to go beyond just the Sunday worship. What do I do? Yeah, for me, it's it's it immersing yourself in the things of of the church, and 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 I'm gonna say the church because for me, the church is the easiest place to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, uh, start volunteering. You know, give your money, give your time, uh, give your talent. You know. Uh, you know, don't wait for and I, I know I've used this you talking about ad, doing things ad nauseum I've used this example ad nauseum when I became a believer you know I grew up in a church that that taught when you when you got saved you you it you activated you know mm-hmm. and so the only position that was open was the assistance to the primary Sunday school teacher and that's, and that's what I did you mm-hmm. know not because I felt called to do that. I absolutely didn't feel called to do that. But that was what was available. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. Yeah. And so I think it, I think it's that. And then immersing yourself in the Word, immersing sure. yourself yeah. in the Scripture, and then and then saying how does that how is that applicable yeah. in my life? Yeah. You know, it's the old soap thing. You know, 
you read a scripture, you make an observation, you make an application to it, and then you pray about how mm-hmm. that's going to look in yeah. your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing I like to add on to that, it, it, and I think it's a sometimes a lot of times a lot of church people really need to hear that is you were you were not and never were called to an assistant to the Sunday school teacher, and yeah. I think a lot of times. When we're looking for places to be in ministry, we feel like it has to be a calling. It has to right. be a light shining, saying this is what you must do. But no one, there, no one in the world is going to ever be called to stack chairs. Right. Right. You know, right. no one, no one in the world. But gonna, somebody's got to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that it's so body. important. Some, sometimes, and this, this is this may be a crude way of saying it. Sometimes a body's needed. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. sometimes, sometimes the church just needs a body to to, to a be warm there. Body. Yeah. And, and and it's so important to to be part of that. To be a, a part of that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. There, there's always opportunity and you just and you and you have to you have to look for it, yeah. you know. And, and then you have to apply yourself yeah. to it. And 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 I, and I think that's one thing that perhaps the church has kind of done and 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 we need to do better. And even cross connection is we almost sometimes invest too much um emphasis on the professional clergy, mm-hmm. whereas when we're all called to be in ministry, yeah. you know, yep. and, and it's just easier sometimes. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and and so you don't have to ask them; you just tell. Right, yeah, yeah. and so I think I think it's I think it's that is that everybody realizes that they're in ministry, yeah. and for me, once again, the easiest place to fulfill ministry, the easiest place to do it, is is the through church. the through the local church. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's the only place you should do it or can do it. I'm just saying. That's the easiest yeah. place to go because there's already avenues. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Right. There's already avenues there yeah. for it to happen. Uh, only thing I would add would be um, I totally agree with that. And but uh, I'll I'll add on the the side of the actual person because I think that's that's a great that 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 side is almost for the church reaching out or that person being plugged in. But the other side, I would just say um, like if you're you know you, let's just say you just had an experience Sunday morning, you're down there rolling around laughing whatever, um, like. Be intentional when you come out of that moment, asking the Lord, okay, Lord, like, what yeah. are you doing in my heart? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that unto? Um, and there's nothing wrong with it just, him just being like, I just wanted to love you today. Yeah. That's okay. But I'll guarantee you, the Lord, in my experience, he's a little more industrial than that. Mm-hmm. And, like, his love actually produces things. Mm-hmm. His love is, is not a wet blanket, you know, you know, like a warm blanket around you that makes you feel good. His love, because it is so multifaceted and so amazing, mm-hmm. even if it's just I love you, that love will actually heal wounds. Yeah. Like, it'll do yeah. things. Right. And so I think sometimes for me, what I've tried to do, I can only speak for myself, is like when I've had moments like that, like, Lord, wow, that was amazing. Like, what, what was that unto? Like, what were you, what are you showing me? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, I, I, I don't know why I've said this so much today about just listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, but like if I give him... I mean, he, he gave the perfect example. Like, he's knocking, I open, he'll come in. Mm-hmm. So if I open the door just a little bit, like, it's amazing how much he'll say and he'll 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 give me. Some of it may be really encouraging. Some of it may be tough, um, but it's all still holy. Yeah. Right. And I ha- it's my job at that point to steward what he's given me. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's a great point to say that. You know, God never does anything without purpose. There's a purpose to everything that He does, and sometimes the purpose is just to love on us. Yeah. But that's not the only need we have in our life, or that's right. not the only thing that needs work in our life. That's yeah. the only thing that needs changing in our life. There's, we're, there's so many facets to us that need to be improved, yeah. that need to be loved on, that need to be mended. Yeah. And so it, it, we're like I think it's been said before, yeah. we're putting God in a box of saying yeah. like this is all He's for is yeah. just you know this is one thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the last person you talked about, this guy that used to come to our church named Mike Todd. He used to be a part of our youth group. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's made it big now. He's, he's very popular now. But no, you talked about this. He's also the, African-American now, which is crazy. <laughs> you can be anything you want to in I 2020. Guess. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, he made the, the comment, a statement that he's, he's living his life at 51%. So yeah. it, it, if, if God feels, you, you feel God calling into something and he's only 51% sure. sure yeah. That you're jumping into that. Can yeah. you can you maybe expand on that more? Talk about he that more. Kind of nailed it right there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was in an interview with a guy named Carrie Newhoff, and um, and also this is this is the reason why we don't do podcasts together, is because this is like one, and like look how uh, crazy it's already getting. But um, so he he's talking to him, and um, and Mike was like. He said, yeah, I live my life at 51%, and he asked him, like, what's that about? And um, like he said, he said, if I'm 51% sure the Lord is calling me to do something, he said, in addition to, like, counsel and, and, and asking stuff, um, he said, I'll, I'll seek that out. But he said, more often than not, I'm going to, I want to jump on it. Um, and, and, and so then Carrie goes, well, like, what, what, uh, has it ever, uh, has it ever not worked out? Like, you know, that's, that's a a cool statement but like tell me the things where it's not worked out and Mike's like yeah it's definitely not worked he said um he said he said have any of those 51% decisions ever failed he said yeah I had to fire a couple of them um (laughs) and uh but he says he said for me and this is like why I I was talking about it when I was preaching I was out there working on my trailer when I was listening to this podcast I started crying because it just like it hit to what I am what I am trying to do with my life as best as I possibly can he said if I jump at 51% and I take a leap of faith and maybe not all the stuff is lined up yet and like whatever it doesn't look perfectly like it should but I jump anyways and I fall flat on my face at the very least the Lord looks down and says look there's somebody I can trust and um it just hit me like here and I don't and I don't know if it did anything for anybody else in the room but like I wanted to share like so it's like that's my goal in life and I was even talking to my parents like a couple weeks ago it's like I don't want to be successful um, as far as like hitting the nail on the head 100 percent of the time, I just want to be faithful yeah. with what I've yeah, given, and right. I just want to try. Yeah, I want the Lord to look down at the end of my life, like when I'm like I don't know if this actually happens. I hope it does. Where you see the big movie screen of your life, like we always talk about, like and you're in heaven. I don't necessarily want to see 100% accuracy, but I want the Lord and myself to look at it and be like, man, he tried a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he stepped out in faith and yeah. he fell a lot of times, but man, he, he went for it. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. That, that really spoke to me because, you know, um, I got a birthday coming up next week. I'll be entering my late 50s. Wow. And and there is uh, the there's the tendency, I think, Merritt and I have talked about this a lot recently, there's a tendency to, to not do the adventurous thing, sure. not to, not to, not to, you know, to pad all your decisions, you know, right. sure. and, and I don't think God operates that way. Yeah. And, and, and I love that concept of, of, of jumping at 51%. And I just really, I said, Lord, help me to, to be at that place in my life yeah. that, that I'm willing to take the chance that I'm willing to, and, and, and something I often say, and I just got to listen to my preaching with this, is that <laughs> there's enough people out there that don't care what God tells them to do. It has no Come concern yeah. whatsoever yeah. of doing anything. They just want to make it to heaven, and that's it. Yeah. You know, they don't care about what God tells them to do. Yeah. And, 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 if, and if I'm out there earnestly doing my very best to hear God, and I jump at 51%, 
and I get it wrong, he's not going to go, well, you big idiot, yeah. you're, you're, you're done. He's going he's gonna to lovingly yeah. get me in the right place. Let me ask maybe a kind of a, a uh, whatever kind of question you call it. Because um, I do believe that there are times when God aligns the stars. Mm-hmm. Where sure. there's a perfect timing, love those times. And, and there's you know, you know, if you had jumped early, you know, it wasn't God will still work everything for your good. So, so how do you square? Because I, I I'm not, this is not coming against mm-hmm. that because I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people on the other side wait for things to be sure. perfectly aligned. Yeah. Right. So how do how can people balance that? How can they reach an equilibrium of knowing sometimes you just gotta jump and sometimes you gotta wait. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, a good, that's, that's a good, that's a good that's question. Good. So, like, and me and Tiffany actually had to walk that out with, with our transition we're going through right now. Like, um, um, and I shared this with, with Pastor and anybody I've talked to. Like, I kind of started to feel the Lord move me and like started like showing my, like I just felt Him doing something in my heart. Like, Jew and I have always talked about doing ministry together, but like it was always just like ah, oh, just sometime in the future. But like, I guess it would be like a year and a half ago now. Something just started stirring in my heart. But all and and it was to to I I was like it's to go there and I even we, we would even get like prophetic words that we felt like for, were for us for that season and like they were really like you know crazy stuff. But it just didn't feel like it was then you know it didn't feel like I didn't feel it was now, um, and and I just felt like just to wait and to pray it out and then we just kept getting more confirmations and more stuff happening, and then it was crazy for us and I don't say this happens every time. But for us, like, the first half of the words we were given, and I know a lot of people have issues with, like, living your life on words, but I'm, I'm, I'm here now. <laughs> and I can't, I, this is where I'm at. And um, it kind of goes back to, like, if I fail, then at least I try. But, like, um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, the first half of the words we were getting were, like, showing the direction, um, but they weren't talking about time. And the next part we were getting, the next, like, half, like, after the summer, we're talking about time that we just felt like we would hear just all the time. And I know people can say, like, well, you just bought a, a red Prius, and I see red Priuses everywhere, so you were just, like, wanting to whatever, you wanting to see. Maybe, maybe, or maybe not. Like, But we would just be sitting, and almost every message we would hear, somebody would just start talking about transition. Like, um, Randy Clark gets up first night at Jesus Conference, and he's like, um... I did not have this message to preach, but the Lord told me to preach it. And he talks about transitioning out of your season and going into a new one. And, like, me and Tiffany are in our bedroom crying as we're listening to it. Because, like, like what the heck? And Fred Felton's at our church talking about, like, go and go into the land of promise. My dad's in our living room talking about Abraham leaving and going when he didn't know. And we just kept getting this stuff. And so for us, I can only answer for us, we got to the place where we were like, if we don't go, it's disobedience. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, like we're, we're leaving a, a job to where we are financially comfortable, like for us, like we don't, we don't live extravagantly, but we're comfortable. Um, we love our relationships. We have like, we love everybody here that we're not like spitefully leaving. It'd be a little nice if we did give us a little more incentive, Amen. but, um, like everything's great. And we're going to a place where, um, like pay is kind of unsure living is unsure we're going to be living in a camper but like there's peace Mm. and like i can't explain that and some people are like that's crazy man that's my life and like me and tiffany have always kind of said that when we first got married even first dating that we just felt like our life would be like and i don't don't want this to sound um uh uh, not, not narcissistic or whatever but like 
I, I almost just feel like the Lord has set Tiffany and I's life up to be an example of what's possible when you step into faith, mm. of like radical obedience and radical faith. And so we've always talked about and just been okay, like settled it in our hearts that like for the rest of our lives, it'll just be one bigger step, one bigger leap of faith after the other. It won't necessarily maybe like moves, but just he'll constantly require more from us. Um, but man, I don't, I don't know that answers your question, but like for us, it just had to do with like the now. But I will say sometimes like, we do because he talked about that. He, like we want eighty five, one hundred percent surety. He said the Lord just doesn't do that. Yeah, He's he like definitely doesn't. He no. he he calls Abraham. He says leave your leave your home and go to a land that I will sh- show. Like he and, and Abraham like nothing else. Abraham <laughs> leaves. For a long time. He, he packs up him. his stuff and starts to walk. Yeah. Yeah. And people in this day and age, like I love Dave Ramsey, but sometimes we like. We don't focus on that part enough. We don't focus on like right. the immediate obedience because the late obedience is disobedience, and mm-hmm. like we don't fall, we don't talk about that enough. And that the Lord will be faithful. Wow. And to be honest, I feel like a lot of it in my own heart has been I don't truly believe that He's good. Wow. And I and I've talked to like family members. My parents have been great, but we've had other people like or friends who have just been like, "Man, are you sure?" And it's like He's good. Like, he's yeah. a good father. Do you think that we go, even if I miss him, even if I'm in the flesh, do you think he's going to go and let me be homeless? Like, you think he, like, like he's that whatever? Like, right. I just don't, that's not the God that I, I believe in. And um, and so, I don't know. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Anything you want to add about jump. that equilibrium, yeah. like when to jump, when to... Yeah, I, I think um, just maybe a slightly different perspective is that Sometimes it's situational too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think I think uh, when it comes to ministry, I'm more apt to, to err on the side of what Tyler's talking about yeah. that kind of thing. If it comes down, you know what? I really want. I, I need this new car, <laughs> and I and I and I'm only making um, this amount of money, yeah. and I can't afford another payment, and <laughs> right. I go leave. You know, right. and people are um, more apt to do that than they oh, are yeah. to yeah. take Step a leap. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. So I think I think it can yeah. be situational, and I think yeah. we have to be. You know, apply some wisdom, wisdom to right, it. Right, right. But I, I definitely think when it comes to ministry, that fifty-one percent principle should be something that sure. that has a, a a big impact yeah. on our life, yeah. Yeah. or or at least. And I think that's what he was couching it in was things that you feel God's leading you to, right? Yeah. Um, and so maybe like every business decision that just comes across your plate, like you don't just <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but like if. If you're if you're a business owner and something comes across your plate that's a little unconventional, but you feel the Holy Spirit speaking right. to you, yeah. get counsel, get wisdom, and at the end of the day, if you if it doesn't change, that's always my thing. Is like when when we felt this, like we 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 sought out, and I, I even told pastors, I don't know if this is right for me to ask your advice, but I'm going to do it. And I asked for my parents' advice, asked for people close to me, and what I was looking for was after they said whatever they said, like would it change? Mm-hmm. And it didn't change. And so for me, I, 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 you know, I can't live on the opinions of other people. So I have to, I have to just go with what I feel is right. Um, yeah, and so didn't I live off of our opinions. Yeah, well, I, I didn't really ask you. You just kind of gave yours uh, <laughs> without asking, but no. Um, and it didn't so that's, change. that's what I would say. Just, you know, if you feel the Lord saying like, you know, just. Well, and, and the thing about it is too, is you're going to get it wrong sometimes. Oh, well, not you, but we, we are going to get it wrong yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, should, <laughs> uh, that, that, that doesn't mean we shouldn't act, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think that's what I was saying is it, it helped me to re 
focus on that that yeah. I, I don't want to just not act because I'm right. afraid I'm gonna get it wrong right. or it may even be costly in some yeah. way mm-hmm. you know? and then learn learn from that getting it wrong yeah. right mm-hmm. learn that's one of the things Mike Todd said in a very traditional like um, young pastor he used the alliteration he says leverage your lesson for a Oh, no, 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 I lost it. Um, but he's basically, like, learning from your lesson. Like, oh, leverage your loss into a lesson. And so, like, even if you lose or whatever, it was very, very, like, Stephen furtick stuff. Yeah. Like, um, but it's a good point. Like, even if you mess up, the Lord's going to look down and see somebody he can trust, and you get to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And he was, one of the things he was talking about was, like, if you think about it that way, with those things about, the, like, the negative... That you don't lose. There is no losing to like taking a step, mm-hmm. a leap of faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yeah. So, anything else you uh, want to share, Tyler? Anything else you want to say? Not just about your sermon. I didn't talk about the worship. I know. Team. I didn't. I didn't talk about the worship team. Not just teasing. No, we're perfect. That's yeah, that's true. No, I just felt I didn't really want to comment on. <laughs> I feel like you met at a comment on my own. I don't know. Ministry. I don't care. Um, Anything you want to, not necessarily about the sermon, but just in general that you want to say? or um, I'm not prepared for this. No, um, <laughs> like we're, I mean, I, I have said it a lot, but like we're going to miss everybody. And um, we, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I have said this, but I hope everybody knows that like we are, we are leaving, I don't know how to put this, but like we're sad that we're, we're like, we're, we're sad that we're leaving. We don't want to be leaving. Like, um, bittersweet. Yeah, it's very bittersweet, and I hope people can appreciate that, like, that we would love to stay, and we've even gone back and forth, like, sometimes, like, having, like, doubts, and like, oh, because we just love our life here so much, and it's, and it's not just comfortable, but it's just, it's nice, and we, we enjoy our friends, our family, like, I love being with Pastor, like, our relationship is very easy, and very, um, natural, and I don't want to give that up, um, and so I, and I don't know, what I'll say to because huh? Gio's going to cause. Oh, <laughs> he's a horrible... No. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just... I hope everybody knows that we're we're going to miss everybody here. And that... Um, I'll just tell you this. Like, one of the biggest reasons that I fought the decision to leave here as long as I did was... I don't know if worry is the right word, but I was just... I have a deep love and, like, I've, I've invested a lot of me into this place. And in, sh- in the short time I've been here... Like, I've been really real, really raw, and, like, we've, me and Tiffany have tried our best to do what we were called to do here, and, like, I'm, I've had honest conversations with her, and, and, um, like, man, I don't, I don't want to leave, because, like, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't want it to, like, anything bad to happen or whatever, and I, the Lord has to come in, like, buddy, you're not the thing that's holding this whole thing together, <laughs> and, like, and it's not that I was thinking that, but I just really care for this place, you right, know, right. I care for a pastor, I, I want him to have somebody in his corner who is like going after the more and like I those are the things that I think about and then I'm not I'm not just leaving because I'm just whatever. Like those are really hard thoughts that I've had to have and like conversations I've had to have with myself and my wife. But anyways, so that's what I would say. We're gonna miss you guys and we'll always be a part of here in some some facet and we'll come back. But um Anything you two yeah. want to say or anything? No. No, we'll I've miss, said my we'll, piece. We'll, no, okay. we, we've had we've had words. <laughs> one thing one thing that I will say and that just hopefully maybe a word of encouragement for you and Tiffany is one thing that I've and, and not just these two specific specific ways but just things that I've really noticed and I've, I've maybe been highlighted to me by the Holy Spirit is one for each of you is, is for Tiffany I've really noticed God 
not really giving Tiffany a voice, mm-hmm. but increasing the volume mm-hmm. yeah. and increasing increasing the ability to, to use that voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I really feel Confidence, like yeah. it, it's really equipping her for this next season. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, I, I, I've seen this for a while, but even more so, um, you know, in the season that you've been here recently is just the, the mantle of authority that's been placed on you, that, that, that authority that, you know, it, it was gradual, but even as you've been here, just a greater mantle of authority mm-hmm. and of speaking of, of that authority yeah. that's come on. And I think those two things for you guys are really gonna, gonna really, um, be a big part of, you know, this next tr- transition of what you guys are doing in this next season. Mm-hmm. I appreciate so. that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, you want encouraging things you wanted to say? <laughs> <laughs> you have any encouragement whatsoever? <laughs> or is it just all... No, because no. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> and for one last, for one last time, what's better, PDQ or Chick Fil A? Here's the thing. Um, <laughs> That's another ten minutes. Right if Chick Fil A is Christian, then PDQ is spirit filled. Okay, so like, <laughs> it's it has to do with freshness and of quality. Of that actually, there is Tim Tebow who is spirit filled. It supports PDQ. Tim Tebow's spirit film? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are I speaking tongues? Shaka Baba Tim Tebow. No. Shaka Baba. I don't think he is, like, though. It has to do with quality and Somebody freshness of ingredients, okay? And, like, anybody who says Chick-fil-A is, is better is in denial and act, is actually in uh, um, um, witchcraft. <laughs> so They saw Bob reading the Bible at, at yeah. the book of uh, John. Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't exactly. move in Acts. Exactly. They don't even read John, the love book. They, they just go to the synoptic gospel. <laughs> yeah. I still say Chick Fil A. Oh, anything yeah. you you had to announce about Sunday yeah. or so, uh, Pentecost Sunday is going to be great. Can we talk about the first Sunday back though, real quick? It was great to oh, be in the yeah, room. It was yeah, it so was. Great. Oh my goodness, like it was really good. <sighs> There's an energy for sure. Yeah, and I I I, I know you kind of had to like ooh first Sunday back or Pentecost Sundays. I really appreciate you letting yeah. me speak on. On, on the day I got back, I, if I was a pastor, I probably just wouldn't let him speak at all. <laughs> but uh, but man, it was it was awesome. Yeah. Like so good to just see people. And um, I don't know if anybody saw me, but I was in like the restriction section, hugging everybody, <laughs> <laughs> pulling people's masks off, giving kisses and stuff. It was awesome. But no, right. same, same format as last week. Mm. More than likely, we'll we'll make a decision. We're we're trying to wait to l- as last minute as we can. We have a feeling there's going to be a little bit less restricted seating this past because there, it doesn't seem like that's the real popular place to sit. So okay. we're, but, um, <laughs> we're a little uh, reckless. And, and we don't, but we we want people to feel comfortable yeah. coming yes. too. So there's yeah, that, yes. there's that angst with it. So. And this is Tyler and Tiffany's last Sunday. Yes. So become if you want to say anything to them or love on them in any way, definitely be there for this next. This I next feel like, Pentecostal I feel like handshakes have, would be appreciated. Yeah. I feel like people have been like, yeah, I feel like you've said that before. Like, this is, how many last Sundays are you going to have? You just keep showing up. Like, kinda. But no, for That'd real. Funny if you did, like the first Sunday in June, you're like, what? I'm actually staying until July. Uh, it's so funny. In like four, more, like four more years we're months. here. We're still in transition. It's a leap of faith. All right. Well, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Bye. Next same bat time, same bat channel next week. Same bat channel. Yeah, that's what they used to say in the old uh, 60s yeah, the cartoon. Old one. Oh, oh we may, and we may have a special edition podcast next yes. week. Yeah, we may have a second podcast throughout the week next week. Ooh, yeah. Can I be on it? No. We'll, we'll satellite you in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right, um, Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.